0: Previously on the Tony Kornheiser
1: Show.
2: So now all of this is going on, and, I, and it's, a, it's an emotional day. It's a, a, an occupational day. It's a, it's a sentimental day. It, it, it's just an incredibly important day. And then the phone rings, and it's a 323 area code. And I pick it up. Hello, Charlie, it's Vin. I said, Mom, I believe I need to take this
1: call. Um, This is General George Washington, and you're listening to the Tony Kornheiser Show. So Charlie Steiner had that voice in fifth grade. My friend Jody Forstad, who went to school with Charlie all the way up, grade school and high school in the Malvern School District, and became Malvern Mules together. Jody was a starting point guard on a Malvern high school basketball team. He tells me Charlie always talked like that. He had that deep voice before puberty, apparently. <laughs> like he was saying that he did all the announcements in junior high school, sure. in high school. You have a voice like that. You know what you're going to do in life. Yeah, you're not. You're not going to cut. Fabric. <laughs> You're not going to do that.
0: Sure, but when he first gets on with you, he's, he's cruising at 95, and he can reach into his back pocket and touch 100. Uh, oh, yeah. It,
1: absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's
3: such a great voice. I'm pretty sure Casey Casem, when he was five, was like, Yeah, I know what I'm doing. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, this, got these pipes. Yeah.
1: Charlie's got that. And he does. He's, it's a magnificent voice. Yeah. Just so great. Nice, So nice to have Charlie on oh, yeah, and was, not have to wake him up. Yes. You know, so. He's in possession of the Aloha Tower calendar and thermometer. Neither of which work, unless you want to go back to May 1967. (laughs) He's in possession of it. I get it back in a year or so. We'll see. So, um, as a result of my Burger King exploits, I'm sort of paying more attention to what things cost in areas that I thought would not cost a lot of money. For example, um, we talk about this all the time, that Royal Farms... Chicken, Rofo, yes. Is the best gas station chicken that we've ever had. Even right. though someone like that, I've never actually had it. But everyone says, Michael, you've had chicken.
0: Yes, and I, I've actually had it. I've also had Parker's, if you want to bring the South Carolina chain, which has been in the news for very different reasons. Uh, some might throw Parker's into that discussion as well. More of a chicken tender and like a fried bread. Parker's uh, is a gas station. Gas primarily. station. Primarily. Yes. Well, ga-
1: same as Royal Farms. Okay. So I paid attention to this the other day. There was a sign in front of a Royal Farms advertising their chicken. So now you're advertising chicken at this point. And when you are in the advertising business, you're trying to call attention to a product. So one would think if your prices were too high, you would not put the prices out there. And said, two pieces of chicken, $6. And I thought to myself, wow, I would have said $3 or $4. I wouldn't have gone 6 bucks for two pieces of chicken at a gas station. I wouldn't have done that. So obviously they too are more expensive than I ever imagined.
0: Yeah, but we're coming back to the rhetor- rhetorical triangle here where if they're charging you $6 for two pieces of chicken, are they trying to highlight in the marketing the value of that or just how good it is or how, you know, right. who's enjoying that chicken? Is it a nice
1: date nighter? Or- and I would have thought that it was value that they were saying, you can get two pieces of our chicken for just $6. Whereas I would have said, well, I never thought it would be that expensive for two pieces of chicken, one of which is probably tiny, right? They give you one big one and one small one usually. Well, you, I, mean, are, I don't know. Are, are they, know. they
0: giving you a choice? Can you are you getting only white meat, are you uh, able to get sort of a the breast sign five, just
1: said two
0: pieces of chicken six dollars doesn't count. Yeah, you know, I, I, I would know. think it would be two know.
3: relatively same size pieces of chicken. I don't know. And Based on the recalibration that I've had to do. On the data that you brought us from Burger King, when you said $6, I said, well, that's a fantastic deal. It's not $15 or whatever it was that they charge you at the BK Lounge. I
1: understand, I understand. but I mean, it's, it's another example of me not having any idea what's going on. I'll give you another example, and it, this has to do with pricing. And I need somebody to explain this to me, which is why we have listeners. Driving to Delaware. All right. In Delaware, my car takes the second grade of gas. Okay. One up, not eighty-seven. Takes drag. eighty-nine. Right, not takes nine, eighty-nine. Not not the premium. Not ninety-one. No, not premium. Right, it, it's in the middle. And you know, if you're in the middle, you just say to yourself, mm, let's take the low one. What's the difference? <laughs> right. It's a lease.
0: Yeah, let's check the price of a barrel.
1: <laughs> it's, a <lease. laughs> it's a lease. So, um, but I take, but I always pay attention to it, and I get the second, I get the second one all the time. At a relatively cheap gas station on Connecticut Avenue in Maryland. Uh you know near the Giant Station, you know the Giant Station okay. past oh, Columbia? Yeah. yeah.
0: Just underneath the new purple line.
1: Yeah. Four dollars and forty five cents for the mid grade, which is twenty or thirty cents cheaper than a lot of places around here. Yeah. Four forty-five. But in Delaware, it was four oh five and you're going to say well there's a difference in taxes in Delaware and Maryland, okay, but as you go out to the beach still in Maryland it 's four oh five or four fifteen. This is a sizable difference per gallon when you get to the thirty and forty cent per gallon range and you're putting in twelve or thirteen gallons that 's a significant sum of money, sure. Why is one cheaper than?" Why is it cheaper?
0: Well, let's let's bring, back, uh, bring it back to the in-town example. When you start to look at what does it mean to be on the inbound or outbound side of a major road? If you have travelers who are coming in from out of state or Maryland, are you used to seeing a certain price? Is this sort of the last option as you're leaving uh, sort of the city? But then you also have to start looking at the proximity to refineries and how that might affect what the final price would be.
1: Are you expert in refineries? Do no, you know I where the refineries news.
0: are? I read the news as to why it might change it to go up and down the eastern seaboard.
1: Are there refineries in that part of Maryland or Delaware? A lot of refineries on the way to Philadelphia.
0: Yeah, I was sort, I of, know thinking, that. I was sort of thinking, yes, thinking close to the 95 corridor. Yeah, But then as you get down Route 1 into Delaware, you might also think, is it, at what point is the, the threshold met where people are going to get off or stay off the road?
1: I'm just, I'm just suggesting that I don't, I don't understand how this works why certain places are cheaper than other places. I I mean, again, if you say it's the tax and state tax differs, okay, but these are contiguous states with different taxes and the prices are about the same, and they are significantly lower than even where I go, this giant station on Connecticut Avenue, which is inexpensive compared to other stations in Washington, D.C. Inexpensive, so I don't know. I don't know how it works. Reminds me of another thing that happened to me yesterday. Another example of truly how stupid I am. <laughs> I sit down yesterday at 7 o'clock. I tune in the Cubs at the Nats. It's the series finale. I start watching it. Abbott's on the mound, does a pretty good job for the first two or three innings or whatever happened. Nats get a run at one point. They're up one nothing. That guy meneses is that his name, who I root for? because it took him 11 years to get to the majors. Right, it's a great story. Every single time he gets to the plate, I hope he just gets, he doesn't have to hit a home run. He
0: has presence, though. Yeah,
1: and I really like him. He looks like like a big leaguer. Yeah, I really like the guy and all that. And I'm watching and I'm watching and I'm watching. And then as time goes on by about 8.30, so you're in about the fifth, fourth of the fifth by 8.30, and now it's dark. It's not dark at the ballpark. And I realized this is a day game. I didn't know it was a... I was watching this. You're watching the replay. I was watching the encore. (laughs) I was watching this as if it was the actual game, the live game. (laughs) I did not know. But, but, you know, I'm thinking, You're like, wow. it's like five miles from here. How come it's dark here and it's so bright Here's at the ballpark? Worse. I'm
0: waiting for you to talk about the home run, and I'm sitting there going, I forgot it was a day game, even though I watched the end of it. Yeah, it was a, it
1: was a day game. And, and that would account for why – and the crowd was terrible. Oh, yeah. Because I remember early on in the game, they showed – you know, a panoramic view of, of behind an outfielder who was going after a ball and I said, Wow, there's nobody there. This is like the O's. It's like Baltimore four years ago. There's nobody there. Yeah. Nobody there for the Cubs. I mean, if there's nobody there for the Diamondbacks, or there's nobody there for, you know, the Cleveland Guardians, you go, Okay, but nobody there for the Cubs. And I and I didn't I didn't add one and one. I did not to say it was a day game. Yeah, it's really stupid.
0: If you had to guess how many series the Nationals <laughs> have won this year, what would you put it at? Three to four at the most. I honestly think that's probably a good number. Three to four at the most, and if you take it down to division. and, and, and
1: lately none. The last since the All Star break, well, I, none. I was thinking about this. What's their think, record? It's like thirty nine and seventy one. Their
0: fourth or fifth series in a row yesterday.
3: Cubs got sneaky good in the, yeah. in the middle of the world. I think
1: I re- What's their record?
3: I think it's 39 and 80.
1: 39 and I 80, maybe f- 39 and 81.
3: I think they're, they're the worst team in the league. Yeah. I think they're the first team to, to lose 80 games so far yeah. this year. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it, it, I think the last series they actually won, surprising enough, was against the Dodgers, which you wouldn't expect. Was that a 2-1 series?
1: Yeah. They haven't won many. They no, stink. They haven't. I, you know, i I didn't even start texting yesterday. Had <laughs> I started, <laughs> had I started texting like to Chuck Todd, he would have said, "Are you a dope?" <laughs> I hope Chuck's Just, on vacation. This yeah.
3: game was already on.
1: Copy an angle. angle like side. how dumb are you?
0: <laughs> Do you watch any Scherzer? Did you switch over to MLB? No. How did Scherzer do? No, I was going to ask you about the rain delay. So he, they brought him back after the rain delay, but oh, he really? Sort of figured with some of his health
1: issues. That'll kill his uh, arm for the rest of the issues, year. He
0: might have, might have kept him in the seat. So but what happened? Needed- no, nothing. He just he came back. They, they, uh, the did Braves they win? Did
1: the back. Mets win?
0: They came back. They had uh, a lot of offense late to try and put it away, but that was you know, game three. I think it's a four-game set. So I'm he did weird. not
1: figure in the decision?
0: Uh, I think he probably still was on the line for the win when he came out. I, I, this was just as I'm cycling through because you're trying to get. You
1: it. realize that that Scherzer and Verlander. I understand Sandy Alcantara is probably the best pitcher in, in the National League this year, but Scherzer and Verlander could win the Cy Young. Two old guys who pitched together in Detroit, they could win the Cy Young. Yeah, I'd be really happy for them if they did. Good. PTI guests, they're very good. And by the way, you look at the Tigers, you
3: know, and there's oh, we got to blow these guys out. We got to rebuild and it's just been disastrous that's
1: right maybe we should get those guys not all the rebuilds work all right we'll get out of here michael wilbon will join us when we return i'm tony kornheiser
0: check out our new nba show beyond the arc part of the cbs sports podcast network where you can find me john gonzalez nba insider bill Ryder, and ashley nicole moss five days a week talking all things nba whether you're looking for insightful discussions upbeat commentary breaking news interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts.
3: You're listening to The Tony
4: Kornheiser Show.
1: This is sent to us by Chris Martin in Columbia, Maryland, who says, long time, first time, I'm writing to share the music of my friend Matt Catanelli and his band Wanderlodge based in Portland, Oregon. Matt and I and six other classmates recently got together for a long weekend to celebrate turning 50. We are all members of the Wall High School class of 1990, Wall Township, New Jersey. The school yearbook name was Lance. Just Lance, not Larry, not Brent, not Howard, (laughs) Lance. It's great to get together and talk about what we love, sports, music, our current lives, and stories from our youth. And that's it. It was great to do What Do You Do for a Living? And this is what the Loyal Littles in Portland, Oregon do. They do Wander Lodge. And this is called Green Volvo. This is playing in Michael Wilbon. We haven't talked to Wilbon in a while because I haven't done this show in a while. Where are you physically?
2: I'm in a place called Bethesda, Maryland.
1: (laughs) Okay, but you were other places, right? You were other places. Uh,
2: Yes, I'm always other places. Yes. I was in uh, uh, Los Angeles. Well, not Los Angeles, but Newport Beach, Newport Coast, Laguna Beach—whatever you want to call it, uh, California—for the better part of a week. But I went popped over to Arizona for a few days and was stunned by weather that was about 15 degrees cooler than is normal this time of year. And uh, but also was treated to like monsoons. I mean, you see the monsoon just like you know we're we're, we're, we're landing we're landing. Uh, on a short trip from Southern California, and Matthew says, Dad, that's a funnel cloud. And I don't know. It's not a funnel cloud. It looks like one, but it's a. this is what, I forget the name of the storm when the sand is blowing. I mean It looks like you're in, you know, Egypt. I mean, you're, you're, you're just, you can't believe what you're seeing. And uh, the storms, there's no natural disaster weather in Arizona. But you can get some storms. We got that one. It tore some stuff up. And so we were there for a few days of that and then Mike, I
1: remember I remember doing Monday night football and I remember very distinctly being in one of those monsoon yeah. sandstorms accompanied yeah. by howling wind and rain and I thought how is this possible and it was it was really truly awful and so and I recall it was an exhibition game which meant it had to be in August it had to be yeah. in
2: August Well it's not possible that's what <laughs> That's the desert, not possible. This is what happens every right. year every year uh i I'm never there in august i don't I'm not in Arizona in July or August, except that you know the past three years that the pandemic and the, the changes in the world changes the schedule changes thefam- what the right. family does. so I have been there a little a little bit and to see those that that storm and people there are mesmerized by it because they don't even see rain. They go out and they sit on their front steps and they get a glass of wine. They watch it rain. That's like a party purpose, you know, reason. And so this was way beyond rain. This was, oh, my God, what are we in now?
1: Yeah, I remember that. That was awful. We've been off. PTIs, we're in our second week of being off. Me, personally, I don't like being off. I like to work. I like regularity in my life, and I don't don't really have a lot of things to do, which is sort of annoying for me. And I wondered, you're off as well, are you watching sports on television? Are you doing the things that you would normally do or have you stopped? No, 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 no,
2: no, because I don't watch sports because it's work. I don't watch, I don't watch sports because I, I do this professionally. I watch sports as I was born. You know, I've watched sports all my life. So watching sports has nothing to do with PTI or the Washington Post previously. It it, it nothing to do with that. Um, I watch sports all day and all night, no matter what. And so I watch it maybe a little differently. You know, last night was a very annoying night for me uh, because I've gotten lately into watching the White Sox, who finally aren't underachieving bums, they're, they're playing, they won five straight, they're a game out of first place, chasing Cleveland in the Twins, An in in entertaining uh, a pennant race now, division race anyway, and they lo- they lost to the Astros after coming back to beat the Astros twice in previous nights, I watched both those games, but more annoying to me was yes. the, the, the yes. guy, the defending champs losing to New York, losing to a New York team, upsets me, it has nothing to do with PCI, it has to do with my life, I don't want to lose to any team in New York, ever. Uh, and so I was agitated. and still am agitated because I don't, you know, the Enesque kid. She's the best player in the series, and they're, and they're going to win that series, uh, even though the Sky is the defending champs. And 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 Chicago's team was the number two seed, number two seed. And and I I I just went to a game. I mean, not only do I watch games, I, I went to a Sky New York game in Chicago a couple of weeks ago, um, and watched. Us beat New York then, but I'm watching that game, going looking at Ionescu, who is sort of you know infused with the enthusiasm and the uh, spirit of Kobe Bryant. And yes, I am saying that. If you well, they remember, were pals. people remember Weren't they, pals?
1: they yes,
2: pals. Yes, he is like her He was her mentor.
1: Luster. Didn't she Talked speak at the service? Didn't
2: she? Yes, sp- yes. Yeah. Yes, she has that. She just has it. And I'm watching the game last night, and, and we're up six and eight points, and she's just, she's the best friend on the court. And she's like in, what, her second year maybe, third, second year? And I just, I, I look at Matthew and I go, she's the best friend on the court. We're going to lose to her. She's got this thing that she's, like, blessed by Kobe. And he didn't just bless her because. He blessed her because he thought she was great, and she, he, he saw something in her. And I'm watching that, and I'm thoroughly annoyed—not in her greatness, but just that we're losing to this New York team. So yes, I what, 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 Yes, I watch. Yes, I watch, and go to sports. That's what—that's what I do for my life. It has nothing to do with my career choice.
1: So we've had time off, and there are certain things that we have not discussed because we're not right. on television. And one of those things is Fernando Tatis Jr. Getting popped for 80. Now, Mike, i got to believe if you get popped for 80, it means you got popped once or twice before and nobody said anything about it publicly. That's a big deal, 80. And I know you pay attention to the Padres, and I know you think of them. I do. You have thoughts about them, that they are sort of wildly egomaniacal, and they're not a balance, that their players (laughs) are not truly balanced. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah, go ahead.
2: I told you, remember one of the last shows they were going to play the Dodgers, and I said to you, Tony, I'm not watching Dodgers. to see if they win these games. I'm watching to see what kind of discipline and character they have, if they have any. And they went out and they got swept. And it's, but it's the way they lose. They're the yep. Brooklyn Nets on some level. You know, they're, they're, they're one of these teams that they have all the talent in the world. And I don't believe they're going to win anything. And I'm not going to say ever, but I don't believe they're going to win anything soon. They, just, they have a lot of, they have to, they're totally charismatic. They're the cool team. They're too cool, too cool for school. And I'm looking at the Padres going, let's see what they've got. Do they have any leaders? Do they have people who are going to lead, who are going to be accountable? Or do they have a bunch of Kyrie Irvings? And so far, it's the latter. And so, you know, I got to see if something. If your best from
1: player gets popped for eighty games, uh, you know, <sighs> if your best player is yeah. a drug cheat, that's yeah. And you're a young man. You just got three hundred and thirty million dollars for the rest of time, and you're, a time, great and you're not available you're to great. your team. That's right. Yes. Yes. I, I,
2: you know, I don't trust them.
1: Amazing to me.
2: They're now a team that I'm going to yeah. look at and make fun of until they show something different. I'm going to look at. I'm going to make fun of them because they're Did playing. You? The stark contrast with the Dodgers, who, who are everything the Padres so far are not, it's inescapable to look and see to, to look and see
1: that. I agree with that. What do you make of the Patrick Reed lawsuit? Are you familiar with that? What do you make of that?
2: The lawsuit? Yeah, yeah. I don't care about the lawsuit. I, 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 you know, you and I disagree on. I dis, with most people, I disagree with most people on what live may mean. And I, you know, people, oh, dear, the majors are going to ban them. Well, really? Because necessarily. I, if I'm the yet. Masters in and the, and the US, yes, it, it's going the other way. They got this guy Cam Smith coming, apparently, allegedly, reportedly. Yeah. yeah. So if they get the top players in the world, what the hell am I going to want to watch the Masters for without them? This doesn't make sense. And people are going to go and get money. They're going to go get money, and, 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 and they're not listening to whose money is dirty, and I'm not really either, because you and I haven't talked about this. You and I have talked about it off camera. I, I, now, I have talked about it, not on camera. I've talked about it in Chicago, where, where I do some things, and, you know, don't tell me that everybody's, everybody else's money is clean, and that the Saudi money is the only money that's dirty when this country does business with China and Russia. Don't, don't tell them. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. That is lazy, phony, patriotic crap. And people can write about it all they want. They can. And I'm not saying I would take it. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying I 100% know that I wouldn't. But don't tell me if, and it's still if, Tony, they got to get more of these top guys. But don't tell me if they get more of these top guys that, that, that the majors aren't going to take them. Now, what? Of course they're well, going to the take them if they them already. Get enough of them. Okay, but, but I'm not talking about today. I'm talking about projection. And I'm talking about if this money is the bottomless pit that it could be. It is. Then, it yeah, is. then the world, then, then, and, but, but, by well, the let, way.
1: Let's go back to something. Let's just go back to this one thing. There's no golfer in the history of golf that you respect or like more than Tiger Woods. And Tiger Woods took the jet up to Wilmington the other day and and convened the top players that are still on the PGA Tour and said, guys, we all have to stick together. Well, do you think it'll have any influence?
2: Yeah, the same influence that the NFL great players thought they had when there were replacement games and people crossed. Picket line, like it was, uh, right. you know, like they were cross a grocery store picket line in 1987. How would how how those games go? They went on, and so Tony Tiger Woods is a billionaire, or he's really close. He's either he's either already made his billion, he's either already reached the number, or he's right there. How many other players got that? How many others? How many Not other many players would be in the, the no? That would, be it. that would be not any. And so not it's answer, admirable. I love what Tiger did. But, but that's not... That. He, Tiger Woods saying, we got to stick together. You people have to make less money. Really? Really? That's going to that's gonna rule today? I mean, the, 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 the opinions out there have been... This story has been inadequately covered and anticipated, and particularly by the columnists in this country. Force columns, my friends, in some cases, it's been, it's been inadequately covered and anticipated, naively so, to the point where you know I called you and I read certain columns and I said, this is insane. People are going to have these conversations and they are going to take this money. No matter what they think of the people paying the money, That's the, this is how the world works. And so I'm a Washington Post columnist, or I was. I understand very much, and it resonates with me. Somebody who was a Washington Post columnist who fit that bill being murdered and dismembered—that resonates with me. So does green money, and the notion that the notion that that this country's money is totally clean. Stop much less people we are open for business with. Do you know that there are already women's basketball leagues with the money, the bank rolled by the Saudis? Our women have been playing these leagues. What are people talking about? They're not paying attention. They're not paying attention. And so this story has yeah. been like, you know, it, 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 you can tell I'm agitated. And because because the discussion, here's why I'm agitated sorry. Not, that, not, not with the final decisions of people, professional athletes, youth, but it's not being thoroughly vetted. The people aren't dealing honestly and realistically with what the issues are. That is what upsets me.
1: All right. The next time we talk, you're going to tell us about Northwestern going to Ireland. You're going with them to Ireland yeah. for a football game. So Sunday. we'll talk about that the next time, all right? Yeah. Good. Yeah. We'll, yeah. we'll yeah. call Sunday, you. we for in Ireland, Ireland for a
2: week. Adair Manor. Yeah. Adair Manor. You saw yeah, that on beautiful. television. And uh, I'm staying Gorgeous. at Adair Manor. So I'm mm,
1: looking just, forward Just I hope you to, get the um, presidential suite.
2: No, that's <laughs> I hope you not going I'm sure that in your A suite. guy named Morty Shapiro should get the presidential suite. You know, he's
1: still Well, he'll get one. You, you could get the other going.
2: one. Yeah. I'd like a regular, just a regular old King suite. You should be on this trip. You should you should be on this. It's I mean the, you, you love college football lovely. now. We're going to I go do. and we're going to, play, we're going to play golf a couple of days at Bear Manor in and Valley Park.
1: Nice. And we're going to
2: sit That's around nice. and talk about, uh, we're going to convene and talk about college football before watching a game. So, yes, I've never go been on. to Ireland. I'm looking forward to it. That should be
1: good. Have a good time. We'll talk to you from there. Michael Wilbon, boys All and right, girls. Y'all. We will take a break. Richard Justice will join us. I am Tony Kornheiser. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. Tony Kornheiser Show. Once again, this is a band called Wander Lodge. They're based in Portland, Oregon. If you want to see them perform in Portland, Oregon, if you're in Portland, Oregon or close, they are regulars at something called Laurel Thirst. And their music is also available on most of the apps and the interwebs, however many there are. This is called Blanket of Soul, again by Wanderlodge. And this plays in Richard Justice. You know, we're going to... Baseball is the sustaining force in my life when I have nothing else to do. I mean, I watch. If I can't watch the Nats, I will watch other things. There is there is a large story in baseball. We just had Wilbon on, and he is – it's not that he was dismissive of it, but he was not – he just thinks the Padres are clowns at this point. But I want to get to the notion that Fernando Tatis Jr., making – Uh, you know, the Padres are obliged to him for like something like $330 million over a 12-year period. It's an unbelievable sum of money, and he's unavailable to them for 80 games. And I was saying before that if he's unavailable for 80, that's not his first rodeo. The first time you get popped, I don't think you go out for 80. I think this means he's been popped before, and it just hasn't been publicized. What do you make of the sort of largeness of this story? Because this is a guy who people really like.
4: A year ago, uh, we would have said he was the most, one of the most dazzling, electrifying talents in the game. Yes. What did he do? He's not going to play one game this year. He got it's in a-, a motorcycle accident. He shouldn't be doing that. Uh, and th- when the writers asked him in spring training, I think it was spring training, said, what, what about this motorcycle accident? There had been a, a conflicting reports. And he said... Which one? Well, you know, he broke his wrist in one of those motorcycle wow. accidents. Yeah. So now he tests positive for a, a, a PED, which um, he's, he's 23 years old, Tony. They gave him a 14-year contract for $340 million. That's just he so used much. poor judgment. I mean, he used atrocious judgment. And you could tell that the general manager, A.J. Preller, who gave him the contract and pretty much staked his reputation on this guy being the guy that we're going to build the whole thing around. Since then, they've acquired Machado and Soto. But this was the first guy that they were going to build around and get the fans in San Diego excited. And you could tell that A.J. Prowler was pissed. I mean, royally pissed. Because his first, the first words out of his mouth were, well, you know, because he said that he had some excuse. These guys always have an excuse for using a P.E.D. A.J. said, uh, well, that's his story. You know, I'm going to have to talk to him. He's going to have to talk to the team. On the other hand, they're a good team. A.J. went out and got, you know, he's built a rotation. He got Juan Soto, Josh Bell, Josh Hader, Brandon Drury. They're a good team. But this is a guy that's a difference maker. This guy is one of those guys that can turn losses into wins. But now we're not going to see him until, what, 40 games in the next season or something? And who knows what he'll do? Who knows what what will befall in between now and then?
1: I want terrible to underline. Terrible, I want to underline what judgment. you're saying about the Padres organization. Yeah. The public statement they made was incredibly curt, and it was <laughs> incredibly standoffish. And they're into this guy for almost four hundred million dollars, right. and they basically said, "Are you kidding me with this crap?" It, right. Isn't that what it sounded like to you? Like, yes. would he be available?
4: Um, that's, I, I mean, that's how they feel. They did a, they assessed the guy, his background, his parents, and they said, he's a guy that we can give $340 million to. We're going to be okay. He's going to be a cornerstone of this franchise. And he hasn't been there. And I think. They were so infuriated about riding the motorcycle. And this just adds on to that. There's a point where you go, and I think AJ said this, there's a point now where I don't have to say anything else. And you don't have to say anything else. In fact, I don't want you to say anything else. What I want you to do is shut up and show some maturity uh, whenever you come back. And right now, and I think he used the word trust. Right now, we don't trust you. And it's—they work so hard to do this the right way. They—they they built a, a franchise that is willing to spend money at a time when some franchises won't. They will extend themselves for, for Hosmer, for, you know, for Machado, for other guys. And now to have one idiot, you know, leave a gigantic hole in the lineup. They have a young guy playing shortstop, Hasan Kim, who's done a good job. But he's not – he does not give you the presence that, that uh, Fernando Tatis gives you. So yeah. that's the way it goes. You know, we had all these young shortstops, Lindor and Correa, Correa and others. And um, no one – he was – just because the flair that he played with and the confidence that he played with, he was the guy your kid was going to want one of his jerseys. And, uh, oh, boy.
0: But, you know,
4: revenge – what would be the perfect revenge be to get to the World Series?
1: Yeah. So, okay, let's move on. Speaking of the World Series, what happened to the Yankees? What's <laughs> happened to the
4: Yankees? Well, look, they were a perfect team for the first half of the season. Everything has happened to the, to the Yankees. John Carlos Stanton got hurt. Uh, they've gone through, I think they're on their third closer now. Matt Carpenter got hurt. Aaron Hicks is not playing well. Josh Donaldson's not playing well. It's a perfect storm where everything you thought you were, all of a sudden you look up and you're nothing. And, you know, Brian Cashman made an odd trade. He traded one of his starting pitchers, Jordan Montgomery, to get a young, injured outfielder, Harrison Bader, who gives them an element. I mean, I could see what they were doing. They were hoping he'll be healthy for the postseason. And His speed gives you a weapon you can use in the postseason. It's too late to fix anything now. They brought up a young guy to, to, to play and you know, maybe give him a spark in the clubhouse. They got that spark last night. Josh, Josh Donaldson hit a walk-off grand slam. They were down four to the Rays. But what you have to do now is just keep playing and hope that Stanton comes back. Right now it's just the Aaron Judge show. How many home runs will Aaron Judge hit? You're going to win the division. Just You have to hope the ship gets righted and that you hand the ball baseball to Garrett Cole in game one of the playoffs. And he's going to take care yeah. of that game, and then you figure out somebody to give it to game two. Because the guys that counted on Mister Cortez has struggled a little bit. He was great in the first half. He's one of the guys that's let them down. Domingo Herman has not been good at all. So you just play. You just keep playing, and you say, "We got to trust what we were in the first half of the season." It's why I always heard these veteran managers say on the start of the playoffs, "Don't tell me what you were the last four months." Everything starts over now. And so when you do a reset of the season on October 1, you're going to say the three best teams in baseball are in the National League right now, the Dodgers, in some order, the Dodgers, the Mets, and the Braves, and the American League could not be more wide open.
1: It's interesting to me. Stanton, to me, is like the kid on the <laughs> Carolina Panthers who gets hurt every year, the running back, McCaffrey, yeah. Christian McCaffrey. Stanton nice. gets hurt every year, Richie. Every year he gets hurt.
4: You know, the two him. guys, Judge and Stanton, they put them together, and the optics of seeing those two guys in the on-deck circle, it oh. was fantastic, and it felt yeah. right. These are the New York Yankees. This is Luke, Ruth and Gehrig's franchise, and those guys look, you know, are as impressive as Ruth and Gehrig. We're not that size. They're they're huge guys. But then they start running around in the outfield, and they start leaping, And and, and Stanton really is a designated hitter. And when big guys fall, they get hurt. I mean, it's, it's yeah. not not true of Judge, but it's certainly true of Stanton. And then you get some older guys. you got to take a chance on Matt Carpenter. You've got to take a chance on Josh Donaldson. Um, Aaron Hicks was good for a long time. And bumps and bruises don't heal as quickly as they once did. But you're right. With Stanton, and I think with Stanton, it's an Achilles, and that gives you pause. They're hoping he'll be back in, in a week or ten days. Hey, they would be... Mm-hmm. You know, Clay Holmes, who had taken over the closer role for Rolis Chapman, he coughed it up. Now he's hurt. Chapman, the the the, the dark liner to the to the Grand Slam last night was that Chapman gave it up again. You don't have anybody to pitch the ninth inning. The Dodgers are going through that a little bit with a slumping Craig Kimbrell. So you don't know what you are. And uh, the one thing they have that they never had under the George Steinbrenner uh, regime was patience. Brian Cashman's very patient. Steinbrenner is very patient. Because they're hey, look, you can yell and scream at the tabloids all you want. They're not doing that. George would have done that. But the bottom line is, you can't fix anything at this point in the season. You are what you are.
1: Aaron Boone likely managing for the rest of his contract, it seems to me.
4: He's not <laughs> gotten to that the Wood Series. You know, but I yeah, think it is. there was some irritation between the front office and Joe Girardi. I think Joe's more of an edgy guy. Aaron Boone is a guy everybody loves frankly everyone loves him and i think he's open to the collaboration with the front office If nothing that has happened is his fault and i think the fans after turning on him for a while he, you know fans want to see you go out there and you know kick dirt on home plate like billy martin did all that stuff doesn't mean anything it doesn't mean anything you know the rangers have a new manager tony beasley the great guy in the first day, he had all the players wear the same color shirts at batting practice. They made Corey Seager come out for batting practice. Do you all, yes, we're going to get unity. We're going to have team unity. Thank God we got rid of Chris Woodward, and now it's all going to be better. They stink. They stink. No matter what <laughs> color shirts they're wearing. I mean, people get caught up in that. I, I got off on a tangent there. Uh, Aaron Boone. I, I don't think he's in any trouble.
1: Um, One thing, I'll get you out of here on this. I always return to the Nats, and I always return to Juan Soto. Yes. They got rid of Soto. um, Whether or not it was the right deal, you'll find out in two to four years. But they got rid of Soto because they felt he would never sign there again. That team is for sale. Do you think that that helps or hurts the potential sale of the team, not having Soto, certainly not having Soto under an obligatory four hundred and fifty million dollars, does that help or hurt?
4: To quote Mark Cuban, I was—I thought I was buying the Los—I thought I was trying to buy the Los Angeles Dodgers. I was just buying a media rights deal. I think the media rights deal, the massing issues, are much bigger than that. I don't think the fact that the franchise has been torn apart, and if yeah. you look at that roster right now, and you're right. Those guys they got in the Soto deal, but look at the ETA and the MLB pipeline. It's 2023, 2024. I mean, that's a lifetime from now. I don't think ultimately in the, fra- in the sale price of the franchise it's going to matter. In the baseball part of it, the part that you care about, you can't look at the roster and say, we have one player we can trade and get more prospects. We, we did it. We did all we could. With Juan Soto and they, you know, Mike Rizzo yeah. did a good job. But on the other hand, Tony, you get to see Max in the play- Max Scherzer in the playoffs, and Trey Turner in the playoffs, and Juan Soto possibly in the playoffs. Yeah. Won't, won't that be fun?
1: I said earlier in the show that it's possible that Scherzer and Verlander win the Cy Youngs.
4: Yeah. It's possible. It, it is. It yeah. is. Very, it is very possible. And they, they are those guys. And Clemens was like this: is that you when they're pitching. You stop channel surfing and watch, especially with That's right. with Max, because <laughs> he's an open book in terms of his emotions oh, and his fire, and you go, God, I love that guy. And I know yeah. you do.
1: I do. I do. All right. Thank you, Richie. We will talk again very soon. Richard Justice, Thanks. boys and girls. We will take a break. We'll have email and jingle when we return. I'm Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. They're charging me $13.72 for a Whopper and some fries.
0: Ooh, I just wanted
3: fast food, a Whopper, some fries. I knew that I'd get screwed. (laughs) Drive, I took a short drive had some
0: cash I pulled out a five
1: (laughs) it's been ten years since I've been
3: there but I'm going to a Burger King I'm never going back again they gals me at the Burger King I'm stunned (laughs) I guess I'll have to buy the meal 14 bucks is not a deal. Yeah, that seems pretty high
0: to get a whopper and fries.
1: Joe Arrow's brilliant. That's, He's absolutely brilliant. And he loves to sing Neil Diamond. It's and so It's good. Just so good. It is just so good. <laughs> it is so good. Thanks, Joe. That's it for us today. Oh, uh, Bethesda Bagels. Bethesda Bagels. We love you them. You picked up some bagels, right? Yes, lo- love the
3: bagels from them. BethesdaBagels.com. Bagels.com. I mean, we have some. You brought some here. I did.
1: Yes, that, that's all I'm asking.
3: Yes. Yes, uh, good. If you would like your very own Bethesda Bagels, just go to BethesdaBagels.com for the location in
1: the D.C. area nearest you. Then pop on in, and you'll be thrilled. Before we get to the mailbag, let me just say, who dropped a whole truckload of fizzies into the Varsity swim meet? Who delivered the cadavers to the alumni dinner? Every Halloween, the trees are filled with underwear. Every spring the toilets explode. you want to what that's from. That's Dean Wormer. Yes. Talking to yes. Greg Marmalade, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> just so wild. Like the Delta House. Thanks to our guests today, Michael Wilbon, just going wild, Wilbon, <laughs> and Richard Justice, bringing us all back to earth. And thanks as well to today's sponsor, ZipRecruiter, Electric E-Bike. Remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Odyssey. If you get the show through Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. We have a, uh, a haiku from Shad. Uh, of a Nats alternatives. Dear Mr. Tony, we're fun again. Please come back. Sign the Orioles. <laughs> well, yeah, they I'm telling are. you, when I looked at this game yesterday, which, of course, I thought was a night game, um, it was an Orioles crowd. There was nobody there. None. From Andrew Thien, as a Pacific Northwesterner who, for some reason, has listened to your show for more than a decade, I wanted to rip both ears off my head after listening to you mispronounce our beloved Tillamook not once, but roughly 4,000 times in rapid succession. The mook part is pronounced like cook. Tillamook. I said Tillamook. Yeah, we said Tillamook.
4: Tillamook. Well, you know, regional It's a
1: glorious company. It shares the same name as the nice little town on the Oregon coast, a scenic drive on Highway 6 over the coast range, and away from the Millamet damit Valley in which it is headquartered. Tillamook is four-plus hours north of Bandon Dunes. If you ever make it out, the massive visitor center has a giant cow painting that makes it look like a church and religion devoted to the udder. <laughs> I've closed, enclosed a picture. I've seen it. May we all worship our cow overlords, preferably with a glass of Pinot and a jug of Tillamook, standing over a sink. Please don't use my name on the air. Regards, Andrew Thien. Well, of course, I'm using... Given that. your internet search, I'm surprised you know it was Tillamook. 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 Well, they don't tell you how to pronounce it. It just looked to me like Willamook. Yeah. Tillamook. Like a, like a mook. Like Willamette. I thought it was, I thought it was Willamette when right. I first saw it. It's Willamette, From Teresa Lahey in Springfield, Missouri, I do commend you in your observation that Tillamook is the Subaru of ice creams, <laughs> but I'll leave it to folks who actually live in Oregon now to school you on the proper pronouncement of the ice cream. Oh, yeah, so we yes, an Oregonian in my heart, no matter where I live. Well, I... I've got that. You could sample all 28 flavors at that uh, visitor center. <laughs> I think you probably can. you get a little, a little spoon, I guess. That would be nice. From Ruck at the Soviet Safeway. Not the other Safeways. No. Not the social Safeway. Not the dress-up Safeway. Not, not, not the refugee not Safeway. Not the refugee Safeway. I do understand that your glasses might fog up in the frozen section, but Safeway carries a lot ...of the Tillamook ice cream. The chocolate peanut butter one is the way to go. You can never go wrong with chocolate and peanut butter. I'd never seen it. Oh,
3: yeah, I've seen it. I've seen it at the social safeway for sure. From Jeff Merrill,
1: um, who who signs his name, Jeff, I heart Tillamook Merrill. (laughs) You can imagine my excitement and delight as a former Oregon resident... ...when you talked about Tillamook ice cream in your latest episode. And now imagine my disappointment... (coughs) Excuse me. when I realized the onslaught of emails you'd definitely be getting from virtually every listener in the western United States where the Tillamook flows like milk and honey. By the way, milk and honey may be a Tillamook ice cream flavor name, but I digress. I thought to myself, how can I break through the noise? So Mr. Tony reads my email about Tillamook. I love Tillamook more than anyone, and as my wife and waistline would both attest. (laughs) And then I realized I had one story that no one else had. Six years ago, I moved my young family from the beauty of Lake Oswego, Oregon, to go to grad school to get my MBA. This was a hard decision for us, and I had a plan to move us all back to Oregon as soon as I was done with school. As you may or may not be aware, the purpose of an MBA degree is to get a good education, sure, but ultimately it's to get a very good paying job. I worked for months on my interviewing skill, and through some hustling, a.k.a. bothering lots of people, I landed a phone interview to intern at Tillamook in their marketing department. The recruiter I talked with started the phone call by saying that the company had, quote, filled all their internship spots for the summer, but let's talk and see what we can do, unquote. This gave me a glimmer of hope of returning to Oregon as an intern if I could nail the interview. I gave that interview all that I had, thinking in the back of my mind of all the free Tillamook ice cream (laughs) would be coming my way if I landed the gig. After talking with the recruiter for about 15 minutes, he very politely stopped the interview, and he said, okay, well, we've already filled all our internship spots for the summer, so good luck. And the interview ended. (laughs) Let's go to the next page. No hard feelings, though. I got another job marketing software in Silicon Valley, and I continue to have a steady supply of Tillamook mudslide in my freezer to this day. By the way, that Tillamook expert you consulted on the Internet was completely right about mudslide's place in the number one spot for Tillamook flavors. It's a lot of... We got a lot of Tillamook things. Yeah, we did. From Bees Lucero in Oak Harbor, Washington. I worked at Sears Hardware in the late 1990s in my hometown in Great Falls, Montana. One summer, Sears sold the Billy Big Mouth Bass, and they placed a live one next to my station. For four months, every time a customer walked by, he launched into his Take Me to the River song. I hate that fish. (laughs) Michael, what are you doing for that? with that fish? I'm
0: actually just looking at your wall space, trying to figure out the perfect spot. Yeah. So it was sent to you. But I thought we could share it together.
1: Well, we could share it, but I like to share it in your house with your
0: boys. Yeah, but I want, I want the boys to have a reason to come visit their grandparents, <laughs> their aging grandparents.
1: And how about those cups?
0: These cups were a wedding gift.
1: Yeah, how about them?
0: You've yeah, been they're... married for eight years. Okay, well, we just celebrated our anniversary. Eight I years. Know, I want to make sure they're safe.
1: They're safe. When you want to take those cups with you to your house... Well, we can't.
0: We we have a newborn in our house. Can't have yeah. these around the yeah, cabin. Baby safe, yeah.
1: Yeah. What about the big mouth Billy Bass <laughs> with your newborn, <laughs> so he could learn to sing? Take me to the river, okay. wash me in the water. <laughs> if you're out on your bike, kind, everyone as always do wear white. Come on, man. What are we doing out there, man? Is that sands? <laughs>
0: Yes,
2: Good.
4: The boy leads me away A signal in silence Points me to the end Here's what resides On the shores of the dead Lead me, great love
0: From beyond this mortal core Let me rest this night